0: Hey, what is up? Welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina.
1: And I am Athena Rodriguez.
0: And we're here with comedian Devine Kerr. How are you doing, Devine?
2: Hey, hey, you guys. I'm doing okay. <laughs> How awesome.
0: about you? You're doing, we're doing good. We're doing good. How is uh, how's life out in D.C.? Um...
2: You know, it's D.C. <laughs> um, everybody who come and visit D.C. say it's a nice city. It's a lot of greens. Everything's clean, but people are ugly, apparently. I don't, I don't see it anymore. Oh, is
0: that a thing? Is that a thing for D.C.? I-
2: I'm from Montreal. I grew up in Montreal. And every time I have Montrealers come visit me, they say, damn, everyone's ugly. And I'm like, maybe you're just looking at tour. Maybe they're just looking at tourists. But apparently- yeah, I-, I don't see it anymore. I'm- I am ugly blinded, you know, because I've been here for 20 years.
0: You're numb. You're numb to it. Yeah,
2: yeah, I can't, you know, like I, I, I tune in into people's personalities already. You
0: know? <laughs> how long have you? How long have you been in DC? Twenty years. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Heck yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, you said you grew up in Montreal. What's it like growing right up in Montreal for you?
2: Yeah. Um, interesting because you know I'm an immigrant, so people expect me to be on the English side, like more. But it's I was in Quebec, and they're like separatists. They are more francophone. So they're always shocked when they hear me speak French Quebecer because they assume oh. I'm like a Hong Kong Chinese. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, a <laughs> there's a That's lot cool. of a uh, duality in English and French over there. So yeah, wow. I tried to blend you,
0: in. Did you grow up speaking French?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quebecois <laughs> tabarnak. <Yeah. laughs>
0: I don't know if that little hoo hoo part was French, but I liked it. Oh no,
2: no that, that that's just uh, nerdy. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> the pleasantries. You know, it's
0: funny because I saw I saw like on your bio, or whatever. That's I think you were saying trilingual. Yeah. And so yeah, that's that, that you speak French. That's cool. That is
1: so rad.
2: Yeah, the other one is Cambodian. Uh, well, Khmer, obviously.
0: So, is, which which is your first first language? Cambodian. Cambodian. Okay, nice. <laughs> Hell yeah! So, and so English is my third. English is your third. Oh, because you grew up in a French-speaking. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah.
2: So,
1: is it true that English is the most difficult?
2: Um, it's it's the slang, really. Oh. And also the intonation. Nick, like, I I I spent so long saying I'm Canadian instead of I'm Canadian. <laughs>
0: oh. Oh
2: wow. It's, it's very subtle. It's those little things. Or, you know, when you would say dirty white car, I used to say white dirty car. Like, I didn't know which order you have to put it in. Like, those are the stuff that it's very subtle, you know? Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. I've noticed a lot of people who learn English, like maybe later in life, uh, mix right. up he and she a lot.
2: Really? That's a very huh.
0: common thing that I've seen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool, though. Um, so, were you, uh, a, did you learn English as a child or did you learn it like later on in life? Uh every dude I had a crush on were on the English
2: side, so you know, <laughs> so I knew a little bit of English. My neighbor was more English also, but I when I met my husband who's from d c that's why I moved here um I would do a lot of gibberish and then say concept that's just to say that. I understood whatever he tried to say, and who cares anyways but um and then as as I moved here, my English got better like if you talked to me like ten years ago, my English was barely there, like,
1: oh wow.
2: Like it was English the way you guys learned, let's say French in school. You know, like I, I read it, but I didn't like speak it. Like, like when I hear people say from the get go, I used to hear from the Gecko, <laughs> <laughs> like like the animal. There's a lot of expression that I'm like, oh, even now sometimes I listen to a song and I'm like, that's what they've been saying. <laughs> like,
0: oh, wow. wow, that's super crazy. There's this uh, there's this wrestler. Uh, his name is Kevin Steen or Kevin Owens now. And he's from Montreal, and he said hmm. that he learned English watching wrestling as a kid.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've, I could see that. I've learned English from watching uh, Perfect Strangers. Okay. Oh, that. <laughs> nice. yeah, so That that was such a great show. Um, no, that
0: was such a good show. I love Full
2: House, that. also Full House. But, uh, but there's a lot of movies. You know when you guys talk about like 80s movies? I've seen all of them in French, so now I have to rewatch them all in English.
0: Wow! Oh, that's interesting. Wow!
2: Like I never watched *Coming to America* the the real version, you know? Like
1: that is so cool.
0: That is pretty crazy. What's <laughs> so What's it like for you just being uh, growing up, being a Cambodian, but being in like this French speaking area?
2: Very whitewashed. Yeah. Like I admired the Amer. Like I feel like the Cambodians in America are more proud of being Cambodian, but when I was in Montreal, I. I didn't even remember I was Asian. I so wanted to fit in with the white dudes who played hockey, you know, and eating poutine. And I was like, I was one of them. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was not embracing my culture at all. Like I was like, I like like,
1: cheese. Yeah. Yeah. People said,
2: Hey, your, your French is great. You must be adopted. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm adopted. You know, like, (laughs) I I was not really, um, yeah, it was very whitewashed. Like, but I see a lot of Cambodians. I don't know why. You just wanted to I so wanted to make sure that they didn't think I was the other Asians who refused to learn French.
0: Oh wow. Oh, there were some that didn't kind of embrace the culture so much.
2: Not they didn't assimilate at all. They were like yeah. mini, like every Chinese from Hong Kong just stayed together, only speak spoke English. And so white the the French white people up there were having problems with immigrants, and I really wanted to make sure like I am not them and I forgot about being Cambodian, you know. Oh wow. <laughs> What a trip. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, it's something. Now I realize it more and more, you know, as you sit down and try to write about your life. I'm like, man, that was was so (laughs) good.
0: So so at what point did you really discover stand-up comedy? Did you discover it in French first?
2: Uh, Well, I grew up watching um, stand-up comedy in Canada. And in Quebec, it's different. You have to go to L'Ecole de L'Humour, which is a school of comedy. So they have like a four year bachelor degree in comedy. So I never thought it was attainable for me. It's not like here where you just go to an open mic, roll out of bed, you know, and uh, guys wear shorts on the stage and get booed and then <laughs> girls go up there, talk about their vagina. Like it wasn't like that in Montreal, you know, like it was, you had to go through the schooling and, and I admired them a lot. And you know, the way it's set up, it's not in a bar. So even the stand up was more like a one man show kind of set up. Like they, they're more physical. They move across the whole stage because they practice with a whole stage, not just a bar you know Yeah, i'm talking so much but anyways um so when i came here i, I didn't think i could do that so i started later in the us i started doing an a, joining an improv troupe then i branched out and they acted like i was beyonce out of destiny's child you know <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, i started here in the us in 2014
0: in dc okay nice That's so, rad. so uh i guess what brought you to the us then
2: the husband amazing dick
0: <laughs> well, oh, I guess there you go.
2: I hope it's a not PG. A face, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It had to be a good dick to move me, uh, make me leave <laughs> Universal
0: Healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can go back and get it, can't you? Are you still like eligible?
2: Um, sort of. Yeah, I think I have to have my my health insurance card. I mean, I'm still a citizen, and um, yeah. Yeah, yes. If I lived there, I think six months back, at least I could get, you know, my...
0: Oh, you had to live there for six months before you, like, fall into that category?
2: Back, yeah, like, redeem my my, my Canadian card back. <laughs> 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 but I'm talking out of my ass right now. I didn't really look into it, but that that's, I'm assuming there's some sort of... But I know I
0: didn't fully lose any anything. Yeah, there's probably some kind of grace period. I'm sure there is. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, though. So... You come out to the U S and what's that like for you going from a French speaking place to, you know, the U.S. I um, S I don't know. Where are you guys located before I bash we're, any town? Oh, uh, we're in California. Okay, cool. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, so
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do it all the time.
0: Nah, 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 nah. I am. Um,
2: I'm in Virginia, DC suburbs. So we still have four seasons. We still have, I'm still in the same time zone as Montreal. I can drive up there in 12 hours. Oh, I'm four nice. hours away from New York, and but I'm still close to the beach. So I, wow. I got lucky that I love the location where I'm at and the comedy scene is great, you know, and people are cosmopolitan. I don't know if I would have been the same in Alabama or Texas, you know
0: what I mean? Like, oh.
2: so, so it helps that, you know, like even here, I've met some French groups, you know, like, so I raised my kids speaking French with other mommy who spoke French. You know, it, it's it's been a good mix.
1: That is so cool. That's so cool that you're so like... You've got so much of a vicinity of, like, activities that you can do around you. So close with the right. beach and having, like, New York right there. And New York is, like, a big, you know, comedy space. And, oh, wow, that's so rad.
0: And still yeah, not the first part from to, home.
2: Yeah, I don't have to move to New York. You know, I'll take a mega bus, I get there, I do a show, and then I come back at night. Yeah. What? I mean, the bus is gross, but, I mean, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Weren't yeah. they all, though? Weren't they, they all? Have to yeah. Yeah, yeah. If they weren't gross, they would cost much more money to run. Yes, <laughs> true. So, how did you get involved in the improv?
2: Well, it was a bet. So, um, I have two it was kids. Was a bet.
0: She-
2: <laughs> well, see, my second kid, I had a cancer scare. I had a misdiagnosis, and um, it sounds very cliche, but I almost died, and I had this, ex- this existential crisis. And then I was hanging out with stay-at-home moms, and I was sick of hearing them talk about like which lady had which expensive bush, you know, and I'm like 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 you know gossip with neighborhood and my husband well anyway stuff like that and I'm like I need to find more mi- like-minded people so I had a friend who said well what you want to do and I'm like comedy and so I found a meetup group that was doing improv I showed up the lady was named Don Nguyen so I expected a Vietnamese lady not that I picked only Asian people but she happened to be an Italian who married a Vietnamese dude so that was very startling you know like, <laughs> she was like an Asian Rachel Dolazol, you know, and then, uh, and then took some improv yeah, class I was and expecting then we, you. Yeah, yeah, I was like, "What?" You know, um and then we did some improv and and then and then our improv troupe kind of played during a stand-up competition, you know, during an intermission and the stand-up community that were there. Sorry, anyone who heard it, who's hearing this, but they all sucked and I thought, "Hey, I can write jokes." Too. So I spent 3 months writing my first 3-minute set.
1: And then, that's it. Oh wow, that's oh my gosh! I did uh, improv recently as part of this uh, stand-up comedy improv show. Right. So what they they had the stand-up comedians do fifteen minutes, um, and then after their their sets, the the improv troupe would act out the favorite jokes of the night
0: oh favorite they, okay. they, they, not just
1: they, just
2: anything not just yeah, based the on the audience anything. will
0: like give suggestions of what they liked and then they do oh, it now. yeah, cool. yeah. So
1: i like, like that
2: format i've done something like that similar but it was
1: how was bad. it for you yeah i give i give a lot of props to the improv uh troupe because that was like terrifying i was like
2: terrified so <laughs> <the laughs> you did time. the actual <laughs> improv part or were you doing a stand-up
1: uh, I did stand-up, and then we were included in the improv part. Oh, nice. The, the, with the improv troupe. So they were kind of, like, guiding us through and We are like, all scared rabbits. Right.
2: <laughs> it's fun. I like improv a lot. I, I miss getting into characters. That's something that in stand-up you can't really do. Yeah. But I don't miss anybody, like, you know, cutting my ideas and going somewhere else with it. I'm like, that's not where I was going.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, because everybody kind of, like um yeah, it jumps in uh, goes off yeah of they jump, jump
2: in yeah, yeah it's worse than a heckler so i, I, I like stand-up You're alone. <laughs> oh, wow
0: so you like stand-up better because you can kind of take your ideas all the way
2: yeah 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 there's nobody to um you don't have to be a team player you can just be your own asshole on the stage just speaking your mind <laughs> be your own ass I don't know. yeah <laughs> I, I, I always told people like stand-up is the black dick of comedy. Once you go stand up, you don't go back. You know, like okay. <laughs> like I can leave improv, but I wouldn't leave stand up. You know, that's
0: Yeah, no. We we came back to it. We actually stopped doing stand up for like three years, and what? we were like and we were like we have to get back into it. And we did it just in time too because we got back into stand up about six months or so before the pandemic hit. Oh and wow! So we were able to kind of like get our footing a little bit and establish ourselves a little bit before everything kind of shut down.
2: And then you were, you went full on Zoom too, right?
0: And then yeah. we went, yeah, we went hardcore on Zoom. Yeah. What about you? What was it like for you in the pandemic hit?
2: Um, I mean, a lot of people bash Zoom shows, but I think it's great for writing. You can't rely on humping the stool anymore than you actually have to write something.
0: Yeah. Great. I agree with that.
2: So, so I like, I like that. I mean, you know, I prefer the stage, of course, but the Zoom shows really helped and to network, you know, I got to meet like you guys yeah. and people on the West coast, you know, and so. And I'm glad that we're still using it
0: now, at least for for podcasts and other things. Yeah, and there's still some mics. You can still find some open mics if you really wanted to. Right. Like I did some Zoom in Asia. That was cool. You know. Yeah, and it's good too. Like you know, if you don't have time to leave the house and you want to hit a mic real quick, you can uh, find one. On yeah. Probably sometimes. Not as often though, because I'm when when uh when the pandemic first hit, there was like all day, every day, all night. oh yeah everywhere everywhere there was zoom mics have you ever done improv on zoom that's weird (laughs) so for a while
1: (coughs) sorry (coughs) pardon me
0: for a while athena was running an open mic it was called afternoon delight and what it is is you get a choice between a a riff topic or an improv act out and Hmm. so we were doing that for a while and so that was pretty much the gist of uh of doing any improv on Zoom. But it was super fun. Uh we have some, you know, we had some great times on that. Some of the, some people that came on just did these incredible improvs and it was yeah. so much fun. We loved it.
1: They could just jump right into it and then like right. you know, it's really fun to watch people, you know, kind of get out of their comfort zone and do it for the first time. The improv part where they have always done stand-up comedy, never did improv, and then they jump into that and they're like. You could see them kind of struggle, but then like they get that gleam in their eye; they get all into it. Right, love it.
0: And then I'm sure you know Chip Jones, right? Because oh, of course,
2: yes. yeah, yeah, Chip great. was
0: everywhere on Zoom. Uh, he he created a thing that on, on that show called the Combo Platter, and what the <clears> Combo <throat> Platter was was a riff topic and an improv act out. And so you would like, how did I miss that? You stand up. <laughs> you would do like the stand up, but like in a character.
2: Wow! Next time, I, oh, like a character show. I've done that. Those two. I love. I love character shows. Yeah, they were really. It was really fun. It was so fun. Next time I see nice. Chip, I'm gonna strangle him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you get in line. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he's is- in my town. I can easily strangle him. Oh, you're right. He is- I can oh.
1: easily strangle
0: him. You know, I'd even make the connection that he's also in DC. Yes, yes. He's my people. I'm like, you know, Chip Jones. He's all like, he lives down the street. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, he's forty-five minutes away, but I'll do the hike for strangulation. Yeah, <laughs> we
0: became pretty good friends with him over the pandemic. He's a good dude. He,
2: he's great people.
0: Hell yeah, like hell yeah. Uh, what about you? Did you experience any improv over Zoom during that time?
2: I watched it. I haven't played it on Zoom. It was surreal to see on gallery view. You know all the players. Oh. It almost felt like um, yeah, no, no. It was it was it was interesting. I don't know how I.
1: Yeah, I would think that's it all. Like with still... the Muppets, you know how the Muppets. The Muppet
0: oh show? yeah, yeah, the Brady bunch. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it would be hard to do like multiple people on Zoom, just because like when people talk over each other, kind of cuts out and stuff.
2: Yeah, there's some lag, and also
0: that's kind of um... true. To, yeah, but they
2: did well, just you know, all things considered.
0: Yeah, yeah, awesome. That's cool. And so, um, back to when you're doing like improv, like before the pandemic. Uh, How did you make that transition to comedy? How did you start doing the, the comedy?
2: The stand up. Um, like I said, we were a troupe. So we first, we were 52 pickups and then we became Nacho problem. (laughs) uh, We were more like short form. You know, a lot of people do the Herald, which has sound very fancy. You know, they went to the improv school, you know, and they also, it's almost like a bachelor degree in improv also. Uh, But, um, we did short form, more like "Whose Line Is It?" Anyways, you know, a little short games. Oh so, wow! So I used to love different... that show. Yeah, it's, it's still great. Um, my kids, I introduced them to that, but there's a lot of a. Uh... Anyways, I digress. But um, so when we did um, "Not Your Problem," we would have some shows once in a while, you know, and then that's what I said earlier. Like we were the intermission for a stand-up competition, and when I th- saw them. Eat so much dicks. I was like, I can do that too, you know. But with eat, a fork, I can eat
0: dicks know? on stage.
2: Yeah, but but I'll use utensils. I'll have skills. <laughs> <laughs> you do
0: it better. Eat dicks better than. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll More do it civilized. with chocolates. Oh yeah. my god, did I just say that? <laughs> okay.
1: So do you do you perform stand up in all of the languages you know?
2: Oh yeah. Um, good question. Um, I do it in French when I go to Montreal. So typically wow. once a year, I have. So I have a about my French set is a 10 minute baby because, you know, I can't really rehearse it or practice it here. So I have a, a headlining set in English, but I have a little like guest spot, maybe feature spot in French if I could like stretch it now. But, um, but I never piece them together. Every time I go there, I hit like a little mic here and there in French and I'll do a seven minute in French. And uh, the first time was really. It took an adjustment, but then after that, it, once I understood what they wanted, it just, woo, it was amazing. Like, wow. That is so cool. That
0: is really cool that you that you could do that in French.
2: It, it's nice, but I got to use other reference that I couldn't use here, you know, like that's specific to the, the Quebecois over there, mm-hmm.
0: right? Yeah. Do, do um, some of your jokes translate over, or do you have to literally write completely different material for that?
2: Well, the stories are the stories, so that works, you know? Um, if I do any wordplay... Then, you know, English, the limitation, of course, that doesn't translate as well. But um, but I was, as I progress in my set and I share more like personal stuff and all, then it, it's even easier to translate even in Cambodian. When I do Zoom in Cambodia, then I also have a set in
0: Cambodian, but. Wow. Were you doing like, uh, Zo- like Cambodian Zoom shows during during that time, during the pandemic time?
2: Yes, yes. But I only did one Cambodian in Cambodian, but otherwise it was still in English. With a lineup of, like, Americans who happen to be in Cambodia teaching English and stuff like that, you know?
1: You know, we we had done a uh, hypothetical comedy international tour where we were doing, like, what was it? Um, there was Malaysia. There was, um, I think, the UK.
0: Yeah, we did UK, Malaysia, Germany, um, China. Um, nice. Yeah, so what, what it was was, we were getting um, a handful of comics from that area and it was all in English. And since I wasn't working a lot of hours at that time, it was in their time zone. Right. Yeah. In their evening time zone. So like I was doing it like three in the morning, five in the morning, eight in the morning, things like that. Um, But it was really fun. We did a uh, Netherlands, we did a bunch. And I was able to really like um, be friends with a lot of comics Mm -hmm. from around the world by doing that. It's great,
2: isn't it? I only yeah. did the
0: Asian one, so it was like seven in the morning for me.
2: <laughs> but I, I didn't. I wanted to do the UK one, and then, but and I, I did one in Tokyo also. But yeah, I love the, the morning stuff.
0: That was yeah. hard because that was at four o'clock in the morning for me.
2: Right. But yeah, yeah me it was too. like
0: seven for you because you're on the East Coast.
2: Oh, that's right. You're not in. I keep on forgetting. You're not in my time zone. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're three hours behind. Whoa! I mean, the future. daytime still daytime over here.
2: Nice. What's it like in the future? (laughs) Oh, it's gloomy. Don't
0: look at the news. I mean, (laughs) I try not not to, as it is. Oh my goodness. So what was it like for you like after the pandemic lifted when people started kind of going back out again and doing comedy? Yeah.
2: You know, I I didn't realize that the Zoom shows they were great, but then it made me rely on my notes that I would glue on the wall.
0: Yeah, I can see that. because I got really comfortable with with notes on the screen and right. also a timer on the screen.
2: Yeah. So memory loss a little bit. That freaked me out because I'm like, oh shit, I'm you know, like, so I have to rejuggle, get my sea legs back. Um, also, nervous tick. You know, when you do Zoom shows, you see yourself like right now, I see my face. So I always fix my hair. And then I end up doing that on the stage too. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> wow. like, like,
2: like twitching because you see yourself, you're self aware. And so now I'm trying to correct that behavior on the stage. But so those are, I'm blaming it. it. It all came from virtual stuff, but. Um...
0: <laughs> yeah, like for me, like ticks and stuff like that. Um, one thing that I was doing on stage pre-pandemic was I was like pacing around a lot, you know. Right. Also, I was fidgeting. I would fidget with anything, with the with the mic cord, with the, what I, I still play with the mic stand. But like right. it, being on Zoom really taught me to one stay in the in place because you have to be on camera and two there's nothing really to fidget with there's no mic cord because i'm holding a microphone and so i kind of stopped doing that so the zoom
2: helped you but it ruined me okay
0: yeah Yeah, i guess so
2: (laughs) that's all you wanted to say (laughs) you know also what was weird with the pandemic is when i went back i wasn't as self-aware like it made me wonder where did i leave my purse before
1: Oh, damn. You know,
2: you're a dude. You don't really think about that. But yeah, before my before the pandemic, it just went up and I left my purse on a chair and I wasn't as ah. hyper alert. But now I, I don't know why I'm like, ew, like who's going to watch my purse? Like, where do I put it? Like, <laughs> And so I don't know if you noticed. a lot of lady comics. We all have a fanny pack more and more now because we all kind of went through that same thought process of not trusting nobody anymore. You know? Oh,
0: interesting. She's I agree about, about that. that. She's not worried about that because we're usually at the shows together, so I'll just watch her first horror. Yeah.
2: Right, right. So so you guys are together like romantically. You're not just co-host with sexual tension, right? Correct. No, No,
0: we're we're married. We're definitely married. (laughs)
2: cute. I didn't want to assume. I just
0: (laughs) that's how is it to do comedy
2: together? I'm interviewing you
0: now. (laughs) Um it's fun. Like it's it's really fun. Like the best part of it is the traveling to and from because we always each and so we talk about like who's who we're gonna see, and we're excited to see them, or what jokes you're gonna try tonight, or you know different things. And then on the way home, uh, you know, talk about tags and you know how the night went. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah I have my husband too to bounce back premises and all, but he he doesn't do
2: stand up. But once I finish my set, I upload it right over on YouTube, and then I send it to him. So by the time I get home, he knows how to greet me. You know. <laughs>
0: based on how your set was right
2: <laughs> yeah if yeah a great he, uh, set
0: then he has like a steak ready for you but like if you had like a really bad set then it's like serious. then i still
2: get a steak Sorry. <laughs> so that, that's the thing if i have a, a great set he he comes down on me and if i have a bad set he also comes down on me so i just have to upload the video
0: <laughs> <laughs> either way
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i just need to do my homework you know
0: yeah I no that's good that's good and it's good that like uh you know that he kind of helps you out and he's able to like able to bounce things off of himself because that's super important it makes so much of a difference we love oh yeah
2: yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. my husband is hilarious he's just more like a behind the camera kind of dude you know
0: yeah i mean like uh like jim gaffigan is famous for him and his wife are like a comedy duo but he performs and she doesn't you know but she writes she helps him write all his stuff right
1: yeah and we know a lot of comedians that will have like a very funny spouse and it's just like yeah That works out well. I feel like it it kind of relieves the possibility of people getting jealous of their spouse and and their achievements like and stuff like that. Because I know that does happen. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if that's a current thing happening. Maybe people are just more supportive of each other nowadays.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I get jealous a little bit sometimes.
2: It's a case by (laughs) case.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, it really is. Show by show, booking by booking. Yeah. You know, like I might not be jealous of this booking, but I'm jealous of that booking.
1: Especially (laughs) if they have a cool background. (laughs) Good food. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: I'm
1: getting a little fat. Okay. Pull it back in. Pull it back in. Really back in. I'm going.
0: Here we go. So you said that you're, uh, you're you're headlining. You have a headliner set? Yes. That's cool. When did you start headlining?
2: Ah, that's a good question. I mean, after two years in, I had my first headlining set, but I was not officially a headliner. You know, that, yeah, I'm still wondering, like, like even now, like, I, I my goal is to headline more and more, but um, up t- until I consistently just headline every weekend, three days a night, then I'll, you know, that's that's the goal. I would love that, but um, I've
0: yeah, been headlining is- more,
2: you know, and then if somebody says, "Can you headline this?" then I do have up to like 65 minutes. Wow! But, but I don't have it enough. You know, and that's the problem is when you don't do long sets as often, you can't really quote. So I'm still like working on getting the, the, the comedy mus- muscles to like consistently do 60 and not worry in the middle of my set. Did I already tell that joke or not? Because, you know, when it takes, there's some tagline that are interchangeable <laughs> and sometimes I worry if I, I don't repeat myself, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that comes with time too, like anything. So how long has my headline? I don't know. Consistently, I would say more like over the past two years. You know, that, that I can negotiate to pay and, and get, but it's not as, I don't know. I think it's every time you reach any level,
0: there's always like,
2: <laughs> the same. yeah, yes. yeah.
0: And then you're like, am I here? It's I'm, never, you know, yeah, yeah. You're yeah like, I'm, I'm doing this, but am I here? Yeah, no, totally. So, but, so my totally.
2: attitude is I am here right now and I am focusing on writing the joke. So that's what I really
0: love. You <laughs> know, like, that's, yeah. oh, yeah. I yeah. love that. That is really awesome, though. And then, have you uh, have you traveled, been doing comedy in like different areas too, outside of DC? Oh yeah, I was in New York two weeks ago, and in Las Vegas like about three months ago.
2: And like I said, I go to Montreal sometimes and perform there. And um, before the pandemic, I used to go, you know, a lot more places. Now Mm. I'm a little bit more um, nervous about flights. And yeah, I I do have small children that I try to not leave them too long. I used to do more festivals like in Chicago and stuff like that, but now I'm like. It slowed down a little bit in traveling wise, but I think I'm gonna pick it up a little more. You know, I like.
0: That. Yeah, same same for us too. Like we didn't we didn't really travel much uh, since the pandemic. We did a lot more before the pandemic, right? Uh, but yeah, I really want to get out there and get a bunch of different, just different comedy communities, and just kind of like, you know, meet everybody, right. and just do all the do all the shows and have a good time with it.
2: It's it's a lot of fun. You know, sometimes it's scary though for a woman. Like if I'm in a new town. Because like like here in D.C., you know, if, if it's an open mic, there's tons of comedian in the lineup. I can spot one friendly dude that I can outrun if he decides to be a creep, but I could tell him, can you walk me to my car? Right. But let's say I do a pro show in Pittsburgh and I don't know nobody. Oh, yeah. Then nobody's walking me to my car and I'm by myself. So that's a little scary, even though I enjoy the traveling. But there's some dark side to the being a lady traveling. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up, but <laughs>
0: it's just. It's I true, agree, though.
2: though. I
1: agree. It's like sometimes. You don't think about it until you're alone, and you're like, "Oh
2: yeah, exactly exactly that's the terrifying part that I don't know how to fix because let's say I talk with the network with the headliner and he's busy after the show selling his merch. he's not gonna I have nobody to walk me, you know, like like so wow, stuff to keep yeah. in mind so.
0: yeah, well, i speaking of somebody that was doing security in a comedy club. Uh, security is always willing to walk you out there if they're still on the clock. <laughs> if still uh, uh, Yeah,
2: I've had a bad experience with the oh. security person who yeah, was the actual. That yes, yeah. that's yeah. But I'm um, yeah. Anyways, nothing wood. I don't know why I just <laughs> edit that part. No, I don't know it's yeah. up to you, but I do not want to be a downer. Like, a, but um, yeah. You're not. A I just admire dudes because for that you never have to worry. You know, like like. Athena, oh, you—if you probably can relate—like before we leave, we have to plan so much stuff.
0: You know, like yeah, I mean, for real. I've walked, I've walked plenty of people off to cars and stuff, like just because for that same reason, right? Because you never know.
1: But I've seen like things where like uh, there's, there's a dude just casually walking, and it's dark outside. Yeah, like yeah. they're just like all willy nilly, not even aware of their surroundings, and I'm like, must be nice. Like, <laughs> exactly.
2: Instead of us always clenching our right? claw with our keys and ready to like, counsel, <laughs>
1: looking like. like a little Velociraptor, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't,
2: I can't define myself. But do I want to break my knuckles again today? You know, it's so silly. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know. uh,
0: so with with English not being your first language, um, how did you like? How do you write jokes? Like, do you just, I don't know, like, what's your writing routine like?
2: Um. You know, all my best writing is from just talking and then writing everything down. Like, I don't, I don't believe in the whole, like, every day I have to sit down for 12 minutes and just write because that mm-hmm. that just feels forced, you know?
0: It does. And I can't do that. I've tried to do that so many times.
2: Yeah. So what I do is really just put write down everything. Like, I have my phone. I have a notepad. Everything that comes through, I'll talk with a friend. And I'll be like, oh, wait, 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 you know? And I'm at a red light. I'll write down
0: those
2: <laughs> I'm always writing all day. And it's in English, if that was the question.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's cool. Like so I consider myself more of an inspired writer. Cause right. like if I like 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 you said, if I in conversation say something funny, or if somebody says something and I kind of riff off of it, I'm like, Oh right. I'm gonna that down. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that, you know. And so a lot exactly. of my jokes have just come from like me just saying smart ass things and just going, I could use it on stage.
2: Exactly. Or or when people tell you their stories and you're like, uh, I hope they never come to that show because I'm so talking about this. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I also like, I also write things backwards. Like I'll, I'll I'll find a funny thing. I'll find like a punchline and then right. I'll find a way to get there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the right approach. I mean, I agree with your approach. It should be like, I call it the Kama Sutra of writing. Any angle, you can't just have one method. You'll be stuck, you know, like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's why comedy is so subjective because so many people do it so many different ways. Like you just said, how you can't sit down and write, and there's people who say that's what you have to do. You know, there's just so many different opinions and so many different ways to do it.
2: I mean, if I say I'm going to sit down and write it down, it's more that I already have tons of premise. Yeah.
0: You have the ideas. And and I'm
2: skimming, I'm extracting the nugget out of it, I'm polishing the thing. I I like to treat uh, each word. I call it my comedy budget, like every word's worth money. And so I want to keep it low. The more words, that means it's too much set up, you know, and you'll get to this punchline quicker. If that made any sense, you know, anyway. So I'm like, this sentence should only be $10 worth, you know, like not 300.
0: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So
2: I'll remove the money like that. So I budgetize my words and I skim and I chop. So that I'll do editing. I'll, when I say I write, I'm pretty much editing, but as far as ideas and flow, then that's something captured like that off the cuff you know
0: yeah absolutely so i also saw that you are an artist what's your uh yeah. art background
2: um well i'm i play music by ear so i pretty much play any instruments like as long as i know how the instrument works i'll play it wow. so i can just jump in any jam. but also when i was um, before i went to business school i did an art major so i do sculpting and painting mixed
0: media wow.
2: that is so rad
0: that is really cool. How did you get interested in sculpting?
2: Uh, well, I'm Cambodian, and our heritage is the Concord Wat. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you knew, during the late 70s, we had a totalitarian regime, a whole genocide. They killed all the intellectuals and artists. And, and one of our greatest legacy in Cambodia is rock sculpting. So I wanted to connect to my with my ancestors and um, and just know how it felt like back then when they were sculpting. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. I, I, you know, when they when they discovered Pompeii, it was all everything exploded, but all the rock sculptures remained. That's how you know about that civilization, right? So, because I'm narcissistic and a douche, I figured if I make an art <laughs> sculpture, if when everything explodes, there'll be something that says Devine somewhere in the rumbles, and and that's how I leave my mark behind. So, yeah, it's vanity made me do that. So. <laughs>
1: I like that you're you're owning that. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, yeah, I'm
1: completely okay with admitting it. I love it's it. It's
2: weird. I, I half of me wants to die, and half of me want to leave a mark. It's very, very conflicting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is so cool. That's cool. So, what kind of pieces have you made?
2: Wow. Um, it, there's a relief, you know. So it's like a a, a water buffalo with an elephant, you know, because in Southeast Asia loves elephant. It's a lucky animal. So I kind of made. It looks like a tomb. So it was a the shape was a tomb in 2D, and then I did the animals on top. So it, it symbolized, like, all the tombs of everybody who died during the genocide. The elephant symbolized luck, but also uh, memory. Uh, we don't forget them, and the cow's are sacred animal. So that's why I did that.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And I like how, you know, when you were when you were a child, you know, you wanted to fit in, and you kind of didn't really embrace the Cambodian culture. But then as you got older, you got more into it, and you embraced it a lot more.
2: Um. Uh, yeah, well there's different ways of embracing it. I don't know. It's a complex yeah, that's, that's, true. An, that's another podcast for, for...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Like what, what about... does it
2: mean to be Cambodian? It's a it's a complicated thing, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> What about uh your music? You said you could play any instrument by ear. How did you yes. discover that you had that ability?
2: Uh well, the first sign of my music ear was when I was 3 and the Cambodian orchestra I was playing And there's a dude who played the drum in the back and he skipped the beat and messed up. And I yelled, I was a baby. And I was like, (laughs) and after the show, the musician came to me and told my father, who's also a musician. Oh my God. She like totally saw my, my screw up and nobody else noticed, you know? (laughs) Wow! And I was like offended. I was like, how dare you do that? I'm like, we paid to watch you and you sucked, you know? Um, oh, but then after that, I didn't really play any instrument. And then uh, when I was in sixth grade, there was a music competition. We were supposed to write a song and I just grabbed a keyboard. I'm like, all right, let's write a song. And I, I didn't even think it was abnormal. I just played the song. And then people said, I didn't know you could play. And I'm like, Does, doesn't anyone? I thought everybody could play. Like, you know, it's like saying, I didn't know you could eat a carrot, you know?
1: oh wow because (laughs) it came
2: so natural and then after that I realized wait maybe I am playing music and then I saw my friends practicing their piano and then I would just they would like hate it and cry their mom would like hit them with ruler like you need to rehearse and then when they got up I would sit down and replay exactly what they just played and they said what the fuck how did you just do that I'm like isn't it what you just played but I never knew it was actually hard and that's how I figured out that maybe I am supposed to play music you know
0: wow you never knew that that was like special you just just did it no everybody did that
2: but because it was just there like i didn't even think about it you know
0: yeah so uh what what bizarre instruments have you played
2: oh there's um there's a thing i forgot what it's called that's japanese it looks like a it looks like a sperm cell and you squeeze <laughs> the, the testicle part, and you play like this. So, I, I, I have a TikTok video playing that instrument, and I'm doing the the Mario brother like step. So, and I have two of them, so it's like harmonizing testicles. Oh but it's goodness.
0: a that's fun. Musical testicles.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're cute. I mean, uh, there's some bigger ones, but I like the small ones <laughs>
0: Well, I guess that answers my next question because I was going to ask you um, if you incorporate the music in your comedy.
2: Um, I did it more in the beginning, but see, that's the thing about people—they are so confused by branding. They're like you do too much, and people are going to get confused. I'm like, really? There's nobody that can do one or the other. Like, you know, it's like it's like when I do clean sh- when I do like when people see me at a at a bar on an open mic, I'll do more raunchy, and then I tell them I can work clean. They're like, you—they think you can only do one thing, right? So. So that's frustrating because I'm like, I don't know. I enjoy. So in the beginning, I did a lot more music because, you know, yeah, I get to have a stage and, and. But now I do it less because people are idiots. Like they forget you're stand-up <laughs> comedian and they'll say, oh, you were just doing burlesque with a ukulele. And I'm like, no, that's not what I was doing. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, brand confusion. I blame it on all the girls on TikTok. You know, there's one that knows lipstick and the other one that does lip gloss. Like apparently you're only one stupid thing. You know. like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh they do say that 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 you should make different TikToks for you to focus on different things they, people deal with Instagram too it's really crazy because I like a lot of things yeah and same. I just put all my yeah. stuff together
2: yeah yeah but I mean maybe that's who we are a lot of things I'm I, i, exactly. I claustrophobic and whatever labels they try to you know I don't know who yeah. they are but they can fuck off like
0: <laughs> yeah, I think those people are jealous because you're talented you know in more ways than one
2: yeah i don't know if they even knew i mean i don't i don't want to sound all like emo here but like all of these things are because i didn't have toys my parents didn't love me and i was bored <laughs> Okay, like, <laughs> i didn't do yeah, that to I like offend people that. i did yeah <laughs> you do things to survive right like i did that to survive i mean and to, yeah that's all i, I can totally that's do. my that's my psa don't be jealous just say thank you you're still alive because of art you know
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely right cause like like you say like. You know, it was, they don't see your struggle. They just see your talent, you know? So everybody has a story and everybody has something going on. So just, you know, be nice to each other. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Do you have anything like any projects or anything you're working on, anything coming up?
2: Um, it was clear a month ago, but I don't want to say it now because I hate, like I said, I don't like being locked in my labels. So, <laughs> I mean, eventually I'd like to record a special. So I'm working on that. A lot of people are dropping specials left and right everywhere. And what I thought was my material that was ready for it. Now I look back and I'm like, that's not what I want to leave. Like, like even if it gets laughed, but that's not, I, I'm really trying to find. So my goal is to headline as much as I can so I can really find exactly for my first special, what would make it really special to me at least. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Like, like what, because you know, we all have different flavors and different, you know, but I, I really want it to be like something that when, if something happened to me, my kids will watch and be like, that's why mom did that. This is why she left at night. This is why she missed some recital now because she and it wasn't just because I talked about dicks you know like I wanted something to be more, <laughs> meaning more meaningful than that you know like, yes yes you're uh, not a comedy orphan for nothing absolutely well like,
0: <laughs> you remember when mom was gone all those nights Look at those Taco Bell jokes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you see what I mean? Like, yeah. So that's what I'm working on. <laughs> that
1: is so smart.
0: That's cool, though. And it's good because, you know, you definitely want a quality thing when you put it out. So Yeah, yeah. And so I'm fun. not bashing on other people, but I don't want to do a special just
2: because everyone's doing a special is my point, you know?
0: Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, I agree, too. And
2: especially so. if you think about how many Cambodians right now have a special. Not many. Just like, so, you know, we're it's in the first extra like... special. Well, maybe or not. I'm also debating on, like, do I have to represent Cambodia? You know, like, that's another <laughs> pressure that I don't want to have. Like,
0: Do you have, like, um, like um English-speaking Cambodian, like, events that you, like, you could perform stand-up on someday?
2: I did. I was in Long Beach headlining once at a film festival. Oh, wow. It was the first historical all-Cambodian lineup comedy show back in Long Beach when uh, Angelina Jolie released her documentary about the genocide. It's called First They Killed My Father, and I was the headliner for that show
0: wow wow that's that's
2: that was awesome that was that was amazing to perform in front of my people and all but also terrifying you know it's
1: a big it's a big uh it's
0: a big deal yeah Yeah. it's a big deal is film festival i'm sure there's a lot of people there
2: yeah it was a good yeah it was a great event
0: That's awesome. That's super awesome. So what's a couple of things that you would like to maybe manifest for yourself, for your personal life or for comedy or for whatever?
2: Hmm. I just need $3 billion. I'll
0: take some of that.
2: (laughs) That would would be nice. What do I want to manifest for myself? I don't know. I just want to be more anchored and now. I mean, I think I'm doing a good job at like wearing blinders and not compare myself to everybody else because
0: it, it's it, it's hard it, to do.
2: It's very draining. Otherwise, you know, like, <laughs> oh, why am I not on that flyer or that flyer? Um, but I just want to focus on my writing. So what I'm going to manifest is just more bookings that are longer sets I can really be more and more comfortable and just dropping a 60 minute just like that all the time. And hopefully earlier shows too, because I'm getting old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we we appreciate the earlier shows too.
2: You yeah, know, I at, yeah. I work at five in the morning,
0: so I'm just like, Oh, this show's at six? Hell yeah, let's get out of here.
2: <laughs> I, I worry about that sometimes. I'm like, by the time I consistently headline, you know, like you know you know in a very solid way, how old am I gonna be? Like I was reading about Wanda Sykes, you know, it took her 20 years to have a breakthrough and she's on the older end and she inspires me, but I'm like, man, they're all past my bedtime. And I shouldn't say that because then people say, I won't book her because she wants to sleep, you know, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but you get my point. I'm just saying like, I really hope it's going to happen soon enough where I will be able to stay alert. And, but I've been watching golden bachelor, you know, all the people, the bachelor, but older version, and they gave me hope that if they can do it, I can.
0: do it. <laughs> I never heard oh, the golden. Day i never heard of the golden bachelor that's hilarious it just
2: came out all the contestants are above 60 and the man the bachelor is 77 years old
1: wow and all they
2: do is talk about death and if there's drama they lower their like hearing aid it's pretty interesting <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> but but they give me hope you know they give me hope that it. like life is not over past our age so i'm like okay
0: you know <laughs> maybe maybe you could be on that show someday
2: I I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, you wow. have to have Botox and code. I'm not that kind of fake limbo either. But oh <laughs> <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs>
0: No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's cool though. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Well, no, thank you for having
2: me. You, you guys are yeah. awesome.
0: You want to plug your social media?
2: Uh, yeah, you can find me on all social media. Oh, actually, not not on Twitter anymore. I mean, I'm still there, but I deleted it because there's too much porn on there. Um, you can find me at Devine DC on Instagram, Clubhouse, um, and just DavineCare or DevineCounty.com, My website
0: also. Awesome. You can find me across the board at Funky Sam Medina.
2: And
1: I am at She Shines For You, all spelled out, no numbers. And
0: everything else is at Hypothetical Comedy. Awesome. Thank you so much, Devine.
2: Thank you.